where is history headed? Will time as we know it abruptly come to an end? Will Jesus Christ literally return to earth? Now, stay tuned because I want to talk for a few moments about the fact that many are questioning, uh, are we nearing the end of time? Uh, is, Is history's pause button about to be pressed? Alex McFarland here. So glad you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. Good morning to you. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new week. And God is on his throne. And I hope you know the Lord. I hope you are one of his born-again children through faith in Jesus Christ. What an honor to be with you on the American Family Radio Network. There's a lot in the news. And uh, you know what? We might just uh, open up the phones a little bit and converse together, but I welcome you. It's uh, a great honor to be with you. And we have biblical worldview programming, news, current events, the affairs of the world, but through the lens of Scripture. And, you know, I was reading um, a book. I've referenced it last week, a time or two, as as I was with you, Um, The Suicide of the West by sociologist Jonah Goldberg. And he talks about the fact that uh, the cornerstones of Western history for 2,000 years, and by the way, you know, when we say the West, we're often talking about what sometimes has been referred to as Christendom. You know, the church was born, Jesus arose, Pentecost happened, and the church was born. And for two centuries, Christianity just spread exponentially, and by the late 200s and then Uh, 303 to 323, the Roman Empire, after persecuting Christians, turned Christian. And Christianity spread throughout Europe, and then there there began to be documents and legal precepts that were informed by Scripture. Uh, The Judeo-Christian Moral Code, it's often called, but, you know, you might have heard the term objective truth, moral absolutes, Uh, And our form of government, even today, is based on the Judeo-Christian Moral Code. Now, some of the the cornerstones of a Judeo-Christian political philosophy or moral code is that people are made in God's image. Every human being has worth and value and dignity, uh, not because the law prescribed it, but because we're made in the image of God. Now, laws have been... Uh, put on the books to defend the rights you have as a human being. But as John F. Kennedy said in his January 1961 inauguration speech, the rights of man do not come from government. Far from it. The rights of man come from God. The role of government is not to give you rights, but to guard the rights you already have by virtue of having been made in the image of God. Well, people are saying, look, as... Uh, Maybe you saw the uh, swimmer in the news over the weekend who lost, ultimately, in the swimming competitions, but a male competing against females, uh, transgender, and it always rankles me, they would always refer to this swimmer as a woman, but it's a man. it's, It's a male. Gender is inherently binary, despite the lobbying efforts of the transgender uh, you know, ideologues to convince the world differently. But with our loss of, of moral boundaries, our inability even to have the moral courage to say, look, men are men and women are women, people like sociologist Jonah Goldberg are saying, are we at the end of history? Now, isn't that amazing? If you're a Christian, you know that Jesus is coming back. We know history is going to come to an end because Christ will return. But even secular uh, 
pundits and trend watchers are asking, my goodness, with the breakdown of the family, what they call now, here's a term for you, demographic winter, because we're not achieving what they call replacement rate in terms of our children. Marriage, family, commitment, child rearing. These are things that are just not on the priority list of a lot of millennials and younger. And people are asking, what is going to happen to the human race? Now, there's a war in Ukraine. Russia has fired at least one nuclear-capable missile. Now, the good news is, the good news is, if you're a Christian, the great news is that we, we don't have to be afraid. Because we know, even though the Bible has told us in advance that evil men will wax worse and worse. The Bible has told us that uh, the birth pangs will initiate, but the end is not yet. Christ will come. But here's the thing, folks. I want to say this. I believe that liberal progressive ideas have contributed to the weakening of our culture, and the tide must turn. And and here's the balance. We, we acknowledge the, the dark path the world, the West, our nation has chosen. But nevertheless, until we see Jesus, we're to fight the good fight. We're to stand for truth. We're to show forth the gospel message. We're to be a part of things like AFA, the American Family Association. Don't, don't just throw in the towel and quit, because look, we don't know when the, the Lord is coming back. And yeah, I, I remember, and I've told this story before, uh, when I was a brand new believer, this is you know 35 years ago. I was a brand new Christian, and there was a very elderly minister who was telling me about he was a young adult during the time of of Hitler and World War II, and he said, "Look, people just knew. Oh my goodness, this guy must be the Antichrist because Hitler was like part Jewish, and yet he persecuted the Jews. He was going to exterminate uh, all Jewish people." people of Hebraic ancestry. He was going to take over the world. And even during the time of Hitler, they they just knew, obviously, it must be the end of time. And yet it wasn't. Uh, history would go on 90 more years. Uh, and this elderly minister, he's now in heaven, but he kind of warned me. He said, sure, Bible prophecy is true. Be, be mindful of it. But don't just jump on every prophetic bandwagon just keep your eyes on Jesus, remember the Great Commission, build your family, preach the gospel, be ready to meet the Lord at any time. Um, and nowadays, a lot of people that I talk with, and I, I love the church, I love to talk with people, but there seems to be like this resignation that there, there is no hope. But no, I think that we, we have to always stay hopeful and let me just say what this is, and, and I, I'm curious to know, what is your hope? What is your hope at this time? By the way, if you want to join in the conversation, the number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. How do you stay hopeful in these times of political, economic uh, trouble, you know, the times that try men's soul souls? Um, but look, we know that Christ is going to return, but I got to tell you, I'm not. I'm not obsessively looking for who might the Antichrist be. I'm just keeping my eyes open to keep ready for when I see Christ. You know, because Jesus is going to come back. Now, I want to say this: 
Uh, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the American Family Radio Network. Uh, and uh, Alex McFarland here, so honored to be talking with you for a few minutes. Um, I got my copy of The Stand magazine, the AFA Journal. It's called The Stand, and I hope uh, you get that magazine. If you don't get it, you ought to get it. Uh, Go on afa.net and sign up. I want to say a big thank you to Randall Murphy. He's the publisher of The Stand, the American Family Association Journal. And there's an article about me. What an honor. I give God the glory on page 28 of The Stand, bringing truth to a new generation. We've got our youth camp coming up this summer. Our youth camp is July 17th through 22nd, Biblical Worldview Camp. And the theme this year is Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview. And Randall so graciously put in info about the camp, ncrefuge.org, and look for the tab that says Programs. Uh, but Will and Miki Addison will be there. I'll be there. It's it's amazing, but such a blessing. But this uh, edition of The Stand also has, on page 26, an article about the resurrection of Christ. And folks, let me say, if the news of the, the day shakes you and worries you, if life itself is just you know, heavy and you're feeling despondent, don't you be discouraged. Listen, we're on the victory side. If you're a born-again Christian, we are on the side of victory. Our God came onto the stage of human history. Jesus took on a human body and was willing and able. I mean, you think about it. Christ Jesus, he had the capacity, the ability, and the willingness to lay his back to a beam of wood, pay all of our sin debt, rise from the grave, and be our Savior. And so Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. The Spirit of God is within the body of believers. The Spirit of God is at work in the world, restraining evil. And I do think we need to pray for that. We need to pray for a full, unrestrained outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. But friend, keep hopeful. And it's not just hope in the sense of wishful thinking. Let me say, for the Christian who takes the promises of Scripture at face value, and what are the? He will never leave us or forsake us. He will never change or turn on us. Malachi 3, Hebrews 13. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That's Philippians 4.13. He does know what we need even before we ask. And the Bible says that we Uh, The love of God is shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5, 6. Galatians 6, 9. Do not lose heart. Do not be weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we faint not. Listen, here's my point, folks. Yes, Jesus is coming back. It might be very soon. But in the meantime, in the interim, don't lose hope. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Take the Word of God, the promises of Scripture, at face value, and just know that God's got this, and God's got you. And you might be facing a financial problem this morning, or you might be uh, trying to navigate some family situation, or prodigal kids, or even just the the stress and the, the rigors of marriage, job, commitments, responsibilities. You're praying for our nation, I hope. Listen, this is part of the wonderful, beautiful tapestry of what it means to be a pilgrim. And let me just say this, and uh, 
I, I don't want to get too deep on this right here. But uh, yesterday, we had a, a glorious afternoon. And guess what we did? We buried Angie's mom, my precious godly mother-in-law, who I love so dearly. Literally, I loved my mother-in-law every bit as much as I love my own mom. And uh, a lot of friends rallied around us. AFA sent us a beautiful flower arrangement. Tim Wildman of AFA and the whole AFA family has been so uh, loving, and I appreciate that. I really do. 321 people gave us Facebook messages and Twitters and texts, right? And a lot of AFA listeners, uh, and it means the world to us. And I want to say thank you for all the condolences and the love and compassion. You've really lifted us up over this weekend of of grieving, right? But here's the thing. All, everybody's like, are y'all okay? Is Angie okay? And Yeah, because Anne is in a place where there is no Alzheimer's. She's in a place where it's always springtime. And she closed her eyes in death, and one fraction of a second later, she was in the presence of Jesus. And these are the the realities for the believer. Uh, These are the truths that we know that we are secure in the arms of our Savior. And the Bible says, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Well, I'm asking, how do you have hope in these times? Um, I said we have callers on the board, and um, Hayden from Texas, we're going to get to you. I know about this time we have uh, a break, so you just hang on. The number is 888-589-8840, 589 We've got a great show. We really do. We've got a, a couple of guests we're going to bring on, but your calls, and regarding the question, are we near the end of time? Well, the Bible says that history is going somewhere. It's not just randomly careening along. History's going somewhere. The attempt of the world to shut God out, it's going to coalesce into a time called the tribulation. But the Bible says in Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come we might very likely be near that return of Christ. But in the meantime, we stay faithful, we stay hopeful. We're going to talk with you about that and more. Alex McFarland here on the American Family Radio Network. God bless you. Stay tuned. We're back after this. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. 
Friendships is looking for full-time volunteer men and women who are serious about serving God, investing time in rewarding work, and helping people in need around the world. There is no charge to serve. Room and board are provided. A willing heart and a desire to work as part of a team are the primary skills required. Check out the opportunities at friendships.org or email portmercy at friendships.org. That's portmercy at friendships.org. This is Frank Gaffney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on AFR. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Isn't that wonderful? How about Exodus 14, 14? Now this was to ancient Israel, but I think we, the church of 2022, can claim these promises as well. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Alex McFarland here. Welcome back to the program. American Family Radio Network. It's Biblical Worldview. And, uh, hey, by the way, my website is alexmcfarland.com, alexmcfarland.com. I've got some really great speaking engagements coming up over the next uh, few uh, weeks. In fact, Thursday night this week, I'll be in Wilmington, North Carolina, doing a fundraiser for a pregnancy care center. And then I'll be in Richmond this Friday night doing... Uh, a men's event, and I'll give you the specifics on those, but I want to go to the calls, and I, I want to talk to Hayden in Texas. By the way, if you'd like to join in, 888 in these uh, tumultuous times, how do you keep hope? But Hayden, thanks for holding. Uh, i got to ask, where in Texas are you, my friend? I live in Waco, Texas, uh, currently. Uh, I've been down there to preach before. One of the reasons I love Texas uh, is the food is so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a variety of, of food here, um, and, uh, and I love living here in Waco. Um, yeah. Uh, but, I went to Baylor, but I uh, recently just decided to stay in Waco and uh, work at a church here and just really very much enjoy it. So, Amen. Hey, um, when you were at Baylor, did you ever— um, uh, know or sit in a class with my friend uh, William Dembski, Bill Dembski, the 
um, intelligent design creationist? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't uh, recognize that name. But there's a lot. A lot of people at Baylor, for, in my opinion, because I, I came from a small town. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, well, God bless you. And so you're in church ministry, Hayden. Uh, in in what capacity? I, uh, I uh, I'm a youth minister currently. Um, Praise and so, God. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just recently got rid of my uh, smartphone, and I wasn't listening to this radio station before. But I have no access to music other than the radio station now. Uh, and I came across this uh, radio station, uh, and I've been listening to it ever since. Um, and just trying to get some more perspective on the on the world uh instagram and different social media outlets um you know feed you know not just my generation that feeds every generation who participates and uh not that i don't participate anymore i just choose to check it once a day now sure um but the reason i'm i'm can you well, hear? yeah. Uh, give give your um, your thought or your reason for calling, and then I got a question for you as a youth pastor. But uh, continue. Uh, my reason for calling, um, not necessarily, uh, is ca- uh, calling out every Christian, but I feel like a lot of Christians' attitudes right now um, are are that of anger. Um, and that is, that in of itself is not a sin. I just want us to make sure that we are directing that at the enemy rather than, uh, human beings. Um, and I, I know that, um, things are happening in this world that are hard for us to understand, but I see a lot of Christians walking up and saying, did you see this on the news or did you see this? Yeah, let's talk about it and be angry rather than, hey, uh, were you able to uh, advance the gospel this week? Were you able to minister to others? And I feel like we're hyper-focused on worldly things, and and, and it's hard. And we can't deny that those things are happening. I'm just saying I feel like a lot of Christians are idolizing this anger, and it's fun to be—it it feels good to be angry, right? It feels good to— mm-hmm to ban right. up against something, but I want us to ban up against the enemy, um, against the tempt. I want us to hate the temptation and things, you know, um, homosexuality. Well, let, let me interject something here. Uh, uh, Hayden, uh, hey, I'm just curious if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, mm-hmm. brother? I'm 25. 25, okay. Um, do you... Did you grow up in Texas in the Bible Belt? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. So do you know, okay, I'm 58. I just turned 58 like a week ago. I was 57. Now I'm 58. But like I remember in in my elementary school, like when I was growing up in the South, I mean, we had a Christmas play with a manger scene, Mary and Joseph. I mean, I was Joseph. I'm. This is a public school, K through 12. And we had the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. We would, about once a month, have assembly that was like basically a chapel service. So I'm old enough. I I actually remember when Democrat and Republican both loved America, God and country, 
Um, every year the Gideons would come in and give us all a New Testament. And, I mean, just things that right now would be, you know, decades of litigation would unfold. So, all right, anger that you're talking about. I think a lot of people that are of a certain age are really, they look at America today, and they're actually going through the stages of grief. I mean, everybody, you may have heard of uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the psychologist, who said, you know, there's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. There are stages of grief, just like when, you know, the passing of a loved one. And I, I think for a lot of people, and I'm not legitimizing anger, I'm really, I'm not at all, but I really think for people that, I don't know, let's say, 45 and older, and we knew Christian America. We, we actually knew an America where the illegitimacy rate was not 60 to 85 percent. We, we knew when it, it was an America that people actually sought to live moral lives. And, and I want to say this, folks, um, don't, don't you be coached into believing that America was evil. America was not evil. Did everybody live godly? No, because laws can't govern the human heart. Only the Holy Spirit of God can. But America was founded on good principles. America was cut from good timber, good seed. Um, It wasn't perfect, but I will say this. Tell me any other nation in world history other than Israel under King Solomon where it overtly the fabric of of morals and scriptural truth were woven into the government. And so, Hayden, I think a lot of the the Christians and conservatives that are frustrated, they're going through stages of grief because we're watching something very precious and in terms of human history, exceedingly rare. We're watching it be not just dying, actively crushed on purpose— uh, Democrat leaders and even some moderate to progressive professed conservatives, people like you know Russell Moore and even uh, Beth Moore, that they love to trash America, and it, it hurts. I mean, it really hurts to see what we believe was a God-ordained nation just being systematically dismantled uh, by those who profess to be its friends. But Forgive me for interrupting there, but um, hey, can I ask you a question about youth ministry? And I'm, I'm thrilled that you're a youth minister. Um, I was a full-time yeah, youth sure. pastor for 11 years, still speak to youth like every weekend almost, but um, how's, how's your outreach to teenagers going, Hayden? So um, that's what I was going to touch on. Um, you know, for the older folks, um, you know, some of them, some of you guys are like just now starting to have Facebook and different social media outlets and they, they can be tools to advance the gospel, but imagine, you know, being 10 years old and handed a device that allows you to, you know, see anything you want. And, um, it affects, you know, our attention span. Um, it's quick media, Every video is, you know, most of the videos are a minute or less. So they intake information and then they're like, all right, next thing. So I've, I've tried to compromise in a way. Um, I don't compromise anything in scripture. I compromise the way that I do outreach. 
I don't. Comp- okay. I, I, I want to repeat that. I don't compromise anything that has to do with scripture. I compromise the way that I get the message out there. Okay. So, um, the way that I do sermons now, I call them TikTok sermons. Um, okay. You know, I I talk about one one topic and I'll explain it three different ways, very quickly, one minute each time. I'll 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 you know I'll take a topic um, and then I'll I'll talk about it as in a stance of where it is in scripture, uh, where it's been done in history and where it's done in media or my personal life. Um, and then, all right, next topic. Um, but I think that is important, uh, for the older, older folks to understand. Um, and I, and I've been challenging the the younger folks to, Hey, you guys need to, you guys need to go get some wisdom from the older, the elderly in our church. Let me ask you this, Hayden. Do do you think teens are interested in what God's Word says? I mean, uh, just teens as a whole. Or or your teens in your youth group, are they they wanting to know, like, what does the Bible have to say about this or that subject? Um. So most of the the teens in my youth group have have grown up their entire lives in the church. Um, And so our focus is on renewing our minds. A lot of them have been saying, oh, I've heard this story before. But I have to say, you know, there's a reason we don't read the Bible once and put it away. We need to renew our minds. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Um, And I I do a thing now where, okay, phones are in this bucket for my sermon. Um, and once they're, they don't have their phone, it's kind of like they don't know what to do. So, well, hey, let me, let me interject something here. I, because I really do, I'm with you. I think smartphones and, uh, high speed media, they are creating this sort of cultural ADD. That's why moms and dads, um, you really do need as a steward of your children um, you need to monitor screen usage. You really do. You know, I was on the phone Thursday, I, a major American university out west. I was on a 90-minute Zoom call with members of the psychology department. And they came to me, and they're like, uh, we're doing this major study, like a quarter-million-dollar grant. Uh, we want to know why youth are abandoning, abandoning religion. And it, it wasn't even necessarily a Christian study, but they're like, um, folks, get think about this. Secular psychologists, sociologists, uh, they're like concerned that we as a nation are losing um, church morality. And so I was on this Zoom call being interviewed about um, what what works. So I've got to I've got to move on to a couple of other callers. But Hayden, very quickly, I want to ask you this. What are you doing that you see is working? Now, folks, listen up. If you're part of a church, and, and like ourselves, if you, if you care about God and country, what, what is working that is connecting your kids to Jesus or to the church? Mm. Um, getting them involved in something beyond just attending church. Um, I believe that everyone is called to ministry. Not everyone is called to vocational full-time ministry, but everyone, if you are a Christian, 
you are automatically a leader in this world and a follower at the same time. Amen. You have a, you have a duty to serve the church, serve your church as well as the body of Christ. And Amen. I think it's important for all of us to see the big C church, the world, the, the, the body of Christ. We are all brothers and sisters and we should be working as a team and serving the body rather than focusing on ourselves. Hayden, you are so right, because uh, not ju- we don't just passively take in. We are to be channels of truth and to, to minister. Brother, I couldn't have said it better. I, w- I want to ask you, Hayden, uh, if you would give Adam your contact info, I want to send you one of my books. I just feel led. Um, God's allowed me to write a number of books, many of which deal with youth ministry. And so if we could get your contact info, I'm going to send you a book. And uh, thank you for listening to AFR. In in deference to other callers, I've got to move on. But, brother, I commend you for uh, doing doing the work of the gospel there in Texas, Hayden. And it's been a privilege to speak with you this morning. So you hang tight. We'll get your contact info. We're going to go to Janice. Janice, thanks for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Yes. Um, you know, I just want to acknowledge the truth. We are a Christian nation. Did you know Amen. I hear people, well, this is the thing. We have to get back to the truth of our founding. So many people out there don't even know the truth of our founding. And if they'll do the research, they will find out truly we are founded from principles that were founded from only that were uh, our founding. The principles come from only one book, and that's the Bible, God's holy word. Our founding fathers looked with great reverence. They prayed with great reverence. And do you need to let you go? Uh, no, uh, we've got about thirty seconds. Okay. Anyway, 1892, the Church of the Holy Trinity versus the U.S. in 1892. It was unanimous decision, America is a Christian nation. And that was our U.S. Supreme Court in 1892. Presidents of our church of our founding. Yes. Janice, you are right on the money. I appreciate that so much. Folks, stay tuned. 888-589-8840. We're going to continue. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, Janice said people don't know the truth of our founding. There was an example in the Associated Press over the weekend, and I'll comment on that. Alex McFarland here. So honored that you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. Stay tuned. Having hope in these days when we come back. Don't go away. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking.
The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Romans 8.18 says, For I reckon, I like Paul. Paul might have been a Texan. He said reckon, (laughs) at least in the Old King James. But it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The glory that will be revealed. That's why, folks, we don't give up. We don't lose heart. We don't throw in the towel because we belong to Jesus. If you're a believer, and I hope you do know the Lord And uh, we're talking about having hope in these times uh, with all the news. Listen, we know, we know who is in control. And whether it's a personal tragedy or just the stresses of life or whether it's a world that has lost its way or an America that needs to come back to our founding realities of, of Scripture. Look, we know that time will come to an end. We know Christ is coming back. But as a believer, we have all the promises of the Word of God. Uh, you, you might have heard of Hudson Taylor, uh, that great missionary uh, that uh, m- many biographies have been written on Hudson Taylor. And uh, he was coming back to England one time, and he was going through customs re-entering England. And they said, what do you have to declare? You know, what do you have on your person? He said, $10 and all the promises of God. You know, that's that's riches right there, isn't it? Well, we're going to sort of change gears a little bit. And by the way, I do want to remind everybody that um, uh, Bert Harper and I will be back on Exploring the Word this afternoon, 3 to 4 Eastern Time. I'm sorry, 3 to 4 Central Time. My bad. 3 to 4 Central, 4 to 5 Eastern, 
And uh, in every time zone, wherever you might happen to be exploring the Word, our Bible teaching show, we're going to start the facts of Easter leading up to Passover, Easter, and uh, getting to that time where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. So uh, exploring the Word, I urge you to tune in this afternoon. But right now, I want to change gears a little bit and go uh, meet a new friend named Bob uh, Jacobus with Foretold. And answering questions like this, is there a God, and did he write the Bible? Bob, thanks for holding, and welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Alex, thank you so much for fitting me in today. This is a blast. Appreciate it. Well, glad to have you on. Glad to have you on. And um, uh, let me let me just ask, I'm always curious to know where people uh, hail from. Uh, where, where are you from, and where are you calling in from today? You bet. I am from the uh, Philadelphia area. I live in a little suburb outside of the city with uh, every kid I had. I moved 10 miles out, so I'm about 40 miles out of the uh, the Philadelphia area in a little borough. A lot of history up there. A lot, lot of uh, Christian and American history up there in Pennsylvania, isn't there? Absolutely. Uh, I actually did a project years ago that was the faith of the Founding Fathers. We actually called it Founding Fight as they wrestled through the theology of a understanding of Americanism through the light of Moses and Jesus and how decentralizing government is really at the basis of, of our governmental system, and it actually comes from the Word of God. So maybe a Amen. topic for another time, but that one's a blast. Yes. You know, it really is. Over the weekend, I read an article. Um, uh, you know, it seems like there's just a slew of news that— uh, emanates forth, maybe I should say spews forth over the weekend, and there was there was one uh, editorial just ranting on conservatives' um, rejection of transgenderism, and this particular writer, you know, there's no right, you know, uh, everybody has the right to do whatever they want, and, um, you know, the... Um, one of the, the pillars of our nation, I mean, really the philosophical foundation of our country, you know, mm-hmm. most people would say Christianity. Well, let's even go a little farther than that, and it's what we call natural law, um, self-evident truth. Washington called mm-hmm. it the laws of nature and nature's God. And folks, um, if anybody says to you, well, um, opposition to transgenderism violates the First Amendment because Congress will make no law regarding the establishment of religion. Listen, and folks, listen very carefully, and then, Bob, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, To say that males and females are different, that's not a religious precept. I mean, to say that men are genetically male and there's nothing that can change that, to say that women are genetically female and there's nothing that can change that, don't let anybody shut you down based on uh, religion, um, natural law, or moral absolutes, uh, heterosexual monogamy, and a binary view of gender, male and female, that is not a religious precept. That's a natural law reality, plain as the nose on your face precept, and they can't shut you down based on the non-establishment clause of the First Amendment. Anyway, Bob, I want to get to you because I, I know you understand the, the mindset of our founders. And speak to this in light of just our current uh, lo- moral drift, if you would. 
Well, it's funny as you as you opened up the idea of transgenderism, you know, and uh, we all know about what happened in Florida with them trying to limit teachers from discussing reprobate behavior in K through first third grade. That that all is really the the signs and symbols of a society that's fighting to regain its morals. And you know, we have the Judeo Christian side, and then we have the uh, the secularist side. And one of the reasons why I started really pushing foretold is the idea that at pivot points in history, we won culture, you know, where the, the church succeeded and became the dominant intellectual force. And foretold is really simple. What we do is we take a look at the nations, the races, and the places in the Bible that are targeted by an ancient prediction, and then look at it today and see if they've all came true. We're not talking about uh, end time things. But things that have happened in the march of history, and today, we can put a satellite and take imagery of Edom, Tyre, the Ammonite Empire, and see, well, did it actually come true? You know, yeah. so Edom was predicted to be desolate forever. Well, no matter where you shoot that satellite over the former Edomite lands, which is now in, you know, the southwestern side of Jordan, southeastern side of Israel, there's 30 major dig areas where their cities are vacant to this day. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the wow, you know, of how God startles us. One of the, uh, the neat things I teach at uh, kids' conferences all the time is, is you know, well, wait a minute. The, the former uh, times, we had plagues, we had oceans splitting in two, we had, you know, columns of fire at night and clouds during the day leading people through the desert, and what happened to that God? Is he gone? And my answer is profoundly no. Amen. Because today we can we can look at all these predictions that he embedded in Scripture. They stand as sentinels across history, and seeing is believing. So, you know, rattle off one or two more to you. Um, Tyre is the ancient superpower of the Mediterranean Sea. It was the mm-hmm. uh, trading post of the world. If you all remember from your Bible lessons, uh Tyre provided the oaks and the metal workers to help bring, build Solomon's temple. And, yeah, Tyre and Sidon. Know, they, that's right. And they, later in the march of time, by 586 B.C., when a prophet Ezekiel comes on the scene, he, he identifies them as one of those who have become adversaries of Israel. And he laid out this complex back-and-forth of history how nation after nation, like a sea casting up its waves, will come against Tyre. And that ultimately, the superpower, the fortress, I mean, it, just to give you a quick description, that castle, that, that uh, superpower, was literally three-quarters of a mile out in the ocean. It made for a great harbor. The shipping of the uh, ancient world poured through Tyre because the island created this natural breakwater that allowed the ships to come in, unload their treasures, go back out to sea, and spread throughout the empires. Well, what happened was Tyre turned against Israel, and God turned against Tyre. And Mm -hmm. many nations came and plundered it down through the centuries from the time of Nebuchadnezzar, which was a contemporary of Ezekiel, to Alexander the Great's march through history down to the time of the rise of Islam, the fight back of the Crusades, and then ultimately with the destruction of it uh, at the hands of the Mamelukes and, you know, the history, the hero of uh, Islam, Saladin. So, and, that, and it became a bare it, rock, didn't it? 
Yes, it did. That's exactly it. God predicted it would be scraped and become a bare rock. Give you a context, it would be like saying, well, New York City is going to become a bare rock, a place where fishing boats will gather and cast their nets. That's, that's the, the equivalent of what the superpower size of Tyre was. And that fortress is gone. Its castle walls went down to the shoreline. You could drive three chariots abreast across the whole city. It was out in the midst of the water. It uh, became a peninsula. And today, even to this day, 23 to 25 percent of the population is directly involved in the fishing industry, precisely as God would What was this? uh, Ezekiel 26, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. 26, 27. He keeps on talking about the uh, fall, but that's another theological treatise to jump into. But nevertheless, yeah. yeah, And and by the way, folks, if you... If you're just tuning in, American Family Radio Network, Alex McFarlane here. We're talking with Bob uh, Jacobus. Um, I got two quick questions, very quick. First first of all, Bob, Bible prophecy comes true, doesn't it? It sure does. That's what's great about it. (laughs) You can trust the Bible, the very same Bible that tells us of the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of of Christ, predicts history in advance. And, And Bob... Uh, when I was in graduate school, I remember taking a, a, a couple of graduate-level courses on eschatology, Bible prophecy, and I read a line in a commentary that said, you can search the religious writings of the world for even one line of verified, fulfilled prophecy, and you'll come up empty. And yet the Bible is full of hundreds of predictions about nations, world events, cataclysms, and all they've all yeah. come true, and those that are yet to come true will come true, not the least of which I, I believe the nation of Israel. What we've seen happen in Israel over the last 74 years since 1948 is just yeah. shockingly vivid fulfillment of prophecy. Um, the Word of God is absolutely trustworthy. No, I was going to say we're blessed to be one of the generations to actually see Ezekiel 36 come to, yes. to partial fulfillment. A- Amen. So, so what what is um, what does prophecy have to say for us today in the 21st century, Bob? Well, what it does is it gives us a context and what I call a corollary argument. The same God that foretold Edom would be desolate forever is the same God that said Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve. It is basically the argument that every verse that comes from the hand of a God that can write history before it happens is then, by correlation, meaning if he can get that right, you know, you figure it's all these different locations targeted by a prediction, hundreds of miles, spread over thousands of years, touching millions upon millions of lives from generation to generation, getting that precisely right with every data point, that same God it's not that much harder to believe that he preserved and perfected his word, and that what we have today is exactly what he intended us to have. So that means that every jot, every tittle, every little part of the Scripture is directly governed by the hand of God, and that we can trust it, and it is a love letter written for you to change your life so that you won't go quietly into the dark night, but you can have eternity with our Father in Heaven. Mm. via to Jesus Christ sacrifice for us. Bob, isn't it, and, and by the way, give your website. Where can people find you online? 
Sure. I'm at foretold.com, foretold.com, F-O-R-E-T-O-L-D. And uh, you can get me off of pretty much every social media platform at asforetold.com, A-S, asforetold.com. Give us a like, give us a follow, that'd be great. <laughs> Help us yeah. spread the word. Sure, sure. Foretold, F-O-R-E-T-O-L-D, foretold, as in the future has been foretold by the God who right. knows all. Um, you bet. Yeah, isn't it interesting... Uh, and, and folks, uh, follow this question, and then I'm going to let Bob respond. But a, a couple of hundred years after the Protestant Reformation, Luther and the Reformers in 1517, you know, uh, the gospel spread throughout Europe. Well, a couple of hundred years later, out of that very same Germany comes what we call higher criticism. Long story short, uh, it's the distrust of the Word of God. And Bob, isn't it true that, that Satan... Uh, in order to obstruct the gospel, weaken America. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a centuries-long assault. But the devil tried to get the church and cultures to reject belief in the Bible. The uh, the beings in the unseen realm, the devil, the, the demons, those who want to attack the, the, the creation and the apex creation, humanity of God, the most loved portion of creation, will go and target their resources at the most effective place. So that means the church is a target. That means the great thinkers are a target. That means the great movers are a target. It's staggering when you look at the march of history. I tell my kids all the time, don't spoil and play around with the supernatural because they've been observing humanity for thousands of years and they will win every time. That's why we have to rely totally upon Christ Jesus. Bob, uh, you and I, we need to visit again when we have more time. Uh, Foretold.com, Bob Jacobus. And folks, thanks for listening. This is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland, tune in 3 p.m. Central for Exploring the Word. Tell somebody about AFR. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.